Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. John chapter 4, that's where we are. Now, we've been studying man, and when I say mankind, man, I mean mankind. Amen? That's both uh, uh, men. Everybody say men. men. All the men say men. men. And women, all the women say women. Amen. It's not hard to figure out what you are. Glory to God. We've explained how to do that, you know. And so uh, we've also determined according to Scripture in 1 Thessalonians and also in Hebrews chapter 4 that we are, just as God is triune, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, we are also triune. We are spirit. We possess a soul and we live in a body. Amen. Now, First of all, we, we, we studied the flesh and studied, you know, what, what goes on with the flesh. We studied the soul, the mind, the emotions, and the will. Now we're going to get actually to the most important parts of this teaching, and that is this part that has to do with spirit. We'll probably take a few weeks and deal with the spirit issue because you are a spirit. I said you are a spirit. And when you begin to realize that the really uh, sum total of the essence of your life is not in your flesh, it's not in your soul, it's your spirit man on the inside, then you begin to realize and recognize that there is a need for growth and development. We'll see in the Word of God that that's really the only thing relevant to the spirit. You say, well, I, I know people that have real spiritual problems. Well, outside of growth and development, the only spiritual problem mankind kind has is being separated from God. And once you get born again, that's taken care of. Then you should grow and develop spiritually. The problem is uh, one of the greatest distractions to growing spiritually is religion. People get involved with religious ideas and religious thinking and it stifles the spirit from growing and it kind of trades spiritual things for intellectual things because religion is based in the soul. It's based in thinking. It's based in feelings. It's based in the will of man to try to perform for God and it's really not, doesn't have any relevance whatsoever to the move of Holy Ghost or how faith comes or the Word of God or anything like that because that's all of the spirit. Now let me say this before we go any further. In the hour and the, the day and the hour in which we're living in, you desperately need to learn how to live by your spirit. Let me say that again. In the day and hour in which we live, you desperately need to learn to live by the unctions, the impulses, and the directions of your human spirit. Amen? Now, in reality, when we begin to understand that we're made in the likeness and image of God, that we are what one translation says, we are an imprint of God himself, we have to realize what God is. A lot of people say, well, you know, people think, well, God is nature and God is in a sunrise or a sunset or, or God is in a, a cry of a new baby. Or, people are saying that God is some essence out here that really has no relevance. But if you want to know what God is, look at yourself. Well, people don't like to hear that. They think that's blasphemy. But in reality, you're made in His likeness and image. And even though humanity may be fallen, that does not lessen the reality that mankind is made in the likeness and the image of God. God is an individual spirit being. Let me say that again. God is an individual spirit being, and if you can see him with your physical eyes, which I believe our physical body cannot look upon God, we have to have a glorified body in order to do that, but if you could see him with your physical eyes, you know he would look just like we look. Yeah. 
You said, how do we look? Well, he would have a face. He would have a head. He would have arms. He would have legs. You know, Abraham, excuse me, Moses had an encounter with him. And obviously, according to the report of the encounter Moses had, he saw everything but his face. Amen? So, in John chapter 4, the gospel of John chapter 4, quick, quick, quick scripture, then we're going to run over to the book of Genesis. It says, God is a spirit. That's in verse 24, John chapter 4, verse 24. Now notice that. Now, now what's relevant to that is this. It does not say God is spirit. It says God is a spirit. Amen? Now let me help you with spiritual identity. God is a spirit. Amen? The human being is a spirit. The angelic realm is a spirit. The demonic realm is a spirit. Amen. But see, what makes you different from God is God is in a classification of deity. You're in a classification of humanity. Amen. The demonic is in a classification of the demonic, the angelic, and the angelic. So that shows us there are four different and distinct classifications of spirit beings. Didn't, didn't say anything about ghost. Amen. Except for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Didn't say anything about all, oh, you know, these other kind of aberrations uh, uh, that happen and all this stuff. No, no. There are four and every spirit being, according to the word of God, according to the scripture, every spirit being falls into one of those four categories. Either divine, human, angelic, or demonic. Yeah. Right. Amen? Amen? Now, when you realize that, you begin to realize, okay, there are some, there is something very unique to us as spirit beings. You say, now, what is unique to us as spirit beings? Our spirit man on the inside exists in the unseen. Exists in the unseen, but there is evidence in the seen. Now, you say, what is the evidence? It says in the book of James chapter 2, it says, so, that the, so as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith also without works is dead being alone. So your physical body without your spirit is what? Dead. That means if you could somehow dismiss your spirit and your spirit just stepped one step out of your body, your body would fall over dead. That means that what gives the spark of life to humanity is what? It is the spirit on the inside. Amen. Now there's a great debate in society of when that spirit uh, comes alive, when it, when, it, when it begins to exist. According to the word of God, we see where the spirit exists at the point of conception. At the point of conception, a spirit is not made, but a spirit is released from heaven to go down and live and exist for nine months in the womb of a woman and grow into a child. Isn't that amazing? You say, well, how do you know that? Well, the Bible says that God is the father of all spirits. And we all have our origin. Every one of us have our origin in God. Now, go to Genesis real quick. Genesis, and we go to Genesis chapter 1. Now, knowing these things is relevant to helping you understand how to live your life from the standpoint of being a spirit being. In, in the, from the standpoint of spirit being a spirit being, by the word of God and by your own human spirit, which is unique now in the earth because it is now part of the spirit of God. The spirit of God abides on the inside of you. Now that's an amazing phenomenon. We'll get into that in further teaching on how the human spirit can literally be a partaker of the divine nature and still stay human. 
Amen. Uh, Mormon doctrine talks about humanity becoming deity. That'll never happen. Even though we are partakers of the divine nature, we still remain a human spirit, a human being. Amen. Now, with that in mind, we also must understand that being human beings, it makes us different from the divine, from the angelic, from the demonic, in that we have license to be on the earth. We, listen, we legally exist upon the earth. Let me say that again. We legally exist upon the earth. Now, now listen to this. We also give legal access to the divine, to the demonic, and to the angelic. You know, sometimes people, they're just used of the devil. They just are. I mean, it's incredible. Now, Genesis chapter 1, this is creation. God creates. He begins to speak the world into existence. He begins to, we begin to see this being that has uh, faith in his heart begins to speak. As he begins to speak, things begin to happen. Uh, let's see. God said, let there be light. And there was light. Uh, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters. God made the firmament, divided the waters which were under the firmament, waters which were above the firmament, firmament, and it was so. Everybody say, it was so. God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together. It was so. Uh, what else? God saw that it was good. God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from night. So all we see, all the way down to verse, where is it, 24, 26, excuse me, 26, and God said, everybody saying God said. So first of all, we're, we're studying what? The human spirit origin, amen, and it's, and it's identification. So what do we see? 25 verses, what do we see? We see a being, a divine being. We see three different unique entities in that being. You say, what do you mean? We see God, Elohim, the Creator, the Almighty, the Omnipotent, the Omnipresent. Amen. And then we see what? We see the Spirit of God moving on the face of the earth and the face of the deep. Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2. Then we see what? We see Jesus. Does anybody know where we see Jesus? Now notice, notice what it says. Let me, let me find it real quick. You'll, you'll like this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was void and without form. Darkness was on the face of the deep. The Spirit of God moved. So we see God. We see the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth. And God said, now notice this, and God said, now notice Lord, if you've got a King James Bible, it says let. You see that word let? How many see the word let? And it is what? It is capitalized. You do not capitalize in the English language the word let after a comma. Unless that let is a proper name. You say, what do you mean? There's Jesus right there. And God said, now he's fixing to say something. What's he say? Let there be light. Who is Jesus? The word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. In him all things find their existence. He is the upholder, the maintainer, and the propeller of the entire universe. And God said, let, there is God the Father, there is the Holy Spirit, and there is the Word of God. 
and he is that word became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. Now notice what he says there in verse 36, I mean 26. He says, and God said, let, now notice the term, us, not singular, but plural. Let us make what? Now notice what it says. Let us, let me get back over to it so don't, so don't mess it up. Let us, let us make man. Everybody say man. Now that's the word mankind. Everybody say mankind. Let us make man, now notice this, in our image and after our likeness. Everybody say, in our image and after our likeness. In our image and after our... So what is the image and likeness we see? We see the image and the likeness of a being that creates his world with his words. Let me say that again. We see the image of a being that creates his universe with his word. Now listen, the, either amen, oh me, or, or I don't like it or I love this, but it's, 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 it's the truth no matter what you think. The sum total of your life is, is, what, is what you have created by what you have believed in your heart and said with your mouth. You say, now I don't know if I believe that or not. Then you don't believe creation. Because God made you in His likeness and in His image. And it has nothing to do with Christianity. Well, that's just that old confession. No, no. has nothing to do with Christianity. This is a law of humanity. That humanity is a being made in the likeness and image of God. And that likeness and image shows us that mankind has been made in that image in which he also is one that creates his world with his words. That's how relevant your words. Now, just for a little rabbit trail for a minute, that's why words are so powerful to get you saved. People say, well, I don't know, man. I, I don't really, you know, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that God raised you, and then, and then you're saved. I think we all need to go out and do something. See, that's human thinking. That's based in the soul. That's not based in the Word of God. But in the Word of God, you realize that this, this confession thing, this speaking thing, is a relevant reality of how deity operates. And we're made in the likeness and image of that. Well, we, we use the scripture uh, Sunday morning, Mark 11, verse uh, 23. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in their heart, but believe those things they say, it shall come to pass, they shall have whatsoever they say. That, that is Jesus saying, Look, this is not a sleight of hand. This is not a God trick. This is how God created humanity. Therefore, I'm fixing to use this principle by saying to you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, you shall have them. Amen. He's operating how? He's operating as a human being made in the likeness and image of God using His words to create a truth. Amen. Amen. Now notice this. This is interesting. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Everybody say dominion. This is God's will for man in the earth, for man to have dominion, for man to have the oversight, for man to have the preeminence. And that's a good thing as long as man's connected to God. But we know the story of the fall. We know that sin entered in. 
And now instead of a man in right relationship with his God, having dominion over the earth, then a man not in right, right relationship to his God gave that dominion over to the enemy of God, Satan. Man does not have dominion on the earth today. Let me say that again. Man does not have dominion on the earth today. The only people exercising any kind of dominion is those that understand the new birth and the authority that they have as a believer. And they are exercising a limited amount of dominion based on their knowledge from the Word of God. You say, well, who's in charge of all of this? The God of this world. The God of this world called Satan, called Lucifer. That's why everything you see in this world system. Now listen, I know there's always someone trying to do something good, but in reality, everything in this world system is designed to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And if you don't believe that, just go home and watch the news. Amen? That's not the nature of man. That is not how God created man. He created him to have dominion in righteousness. Now, a little further. Does everybody understand this? This is easy stuff, isn't it? Everybody say, this is easy. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, oh, excuse me, over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, over the cattle, now notice this, and over all the earth. Do you see that? And over all the earth. But then he has this at the end. And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Everybody say, all the earth. That means everything that is in the earth, God commissioned His man to have dominion, to have authority, to have dominance, to have the preeminence. And then He kind of just at the end there said, and over every creeping thing. You know what He was saying right here? He was saying there's a snake coming. There's something going to try to creep in. Say, well, man never knew. Man was this no more. Man knew that there was a creep on the earth. Amen. God told him there's a creep on the earth, man. Over every creeping thing. No, amen. Now notice this. In verse uh, 27. So God created man. Now this is, boy, you want to get in a fight with a religious person, especially one that's been to seminary for about 12, 13, 14 years. Tell them in verse 27 is when God created man of Genesis chapter 1. They'll want to fist fight you. They don't believe God created man over in, until Genesis chapter, uh, chapter 2 when he actually just created their physical body and breathed into them and, and all of a sudden the physical body came into manifestation and the spirit man and God had to put a buffer between them so he put the soul of man in between it. Man became a living soul. But God created man God created man in Genesis 1, 27. You say, now how do you know that? It says, and God created man. That's no deep in mystery. Amen? I mean, isn't that what it's saying? God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created male and female created he them. Both male and female existed in the heart of God. People say, well, was God a man or God a woman? Yes. <laughs> Amen. Was God a man or God a woman? Yes. He created 
man, he created woman, both at the same time, and he did not create them in the physical realm. Now listen to me. He did not create them in the physical realm. He created them in the spirit realm. But he also told them, you have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. So even though they were spirit beings, made in the likeness and image of God. They had no license to be upon the earth because they didn't have physical flesh. You say, well, how long were they in that? I don't know. It might have been 10 seconds. It might have been 10 million years. I have no idea. But he created them or he created mankind and mankind was literally encompassed in the mankind. The mankind was encompassed in the reality of two different entities being in mankind, which was the male and which was the female. Amen? Now, go to Genesis chapter 2. Uh, read, I like, let's read verse 28. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth. Now that's, just, that's a funny word, replenish. Do you see that word? And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Now, you could go a hundred ways with that thing, but in reality, obviously, God is talking about or relating to us that there was other times, other generations, other ages of the earth before mankind was created. You know, archaeological digs and people that know about geology, they, they bear all of that out. That there's, you know, that, that the earth is not just 6,000 years old. That the stars in the sky and the, and the, and the, uh, 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 the moon and the sun and all, it's not just 6,000 years old. There's millions and billions of years, eons of time invested into the universe. But at a point in time, approximately 6,000 years ago, God desired a family. He desired something to be made in His likeness and image, so He created man. Amen? He created man and He said to man, The earth is void and without form and it needs to be replenished. So He gave them the first law of humanity is the law of procreation. Amen? Now, here's something you have to realize. He would say, you know, you're just a creation of God. You're really not. You're not a creation of God. You're procreated from the creation of God. Amen? God, God is our creator. Yes, He's our creator. But in reality, we got here through the law. Amen? Now, that law is important because it establishes legal entrance. You say, what do you mean legal entrance? Legal entrance into the earth for spirit being is through the womb of a woman according to the law of God before a woman was ever created. Before a woman was ever created. He literally established the law of procreation and said this is legal. Now if you want to go study that a little bit, go study John chapter 10 where Jesus talks about the gate. He says, you know, there's those that come in through the gate. Jesus was saying, I came the legal way. I'm here legally. I'm not here illegally. Yeah, I'm, I may be son of man, but I'm also son of God. And, I, and I'm not here illegally because I, I am deity. I'm here legally because I came through the womb of a woman. But there's others that came over the wall. They came over and they're what? They're thieves. Amen. Amen. Now what he's doing, he's setting up the reality of this snake that comes into the garden. How did he come? He came illegally. He did not come legally into the garden. He came illegally into the garden. Everything Satan does is illegal. Amen. Amen. 
So we have to understand. God blessed them, said unto them, be fruitful. Everybody say, be fruitful. Multiply. Everybody say, multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Now, Genesis chapter 2. Oh, I got, still got some time. Good. Genesis chapter 2 talks about God's continuing, what He's made, creation, all of that. Now, notice verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Now, what's he talking about here? He formed man of the dust of the ground. He's talking about your physical body. Your physical body comes from the dust or from the dirt, and your physical body returns to the dirt. Amen? Now, understanding that, you understand the relevance of your physical body being the reason you are present here now legally. You say, well, what if I were to die? Well, hopefully you're born again. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And literally, Paul said it's better. Amen. He says it's better. I've heard testimonies of people that have died and came back and no, nobody ever wanted to come back. Right. Amen. You say, now, 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 what is the relevance to our physical body as pertaining to license or right. Well, it is the license or right for us to be on the earth. But the issue with us as a species, human beings, is we are here with a fallen nature. Amen. A fallen nature. And because of that fallen nature, there is a continual deterioration of anything that is not of spirit. Which means from the day, you, the day you're born, you start dying. Even though your flesh grows up, your flesh gets old, your flesh dies. And we'll see the reason why in just a moment. But let me just say this. I've said this at funerals for years. It always makes people look at me funny. You were never created to die. Let me throw out one a little better than that. Because that's a good one there. You were never created to age. You were not created to age. You were not created to, you know, to wrinkle and crinkle and... Uh, and <laughs> and gray up and, and, you know, your hair fall out and you're growing other places you thought it'd never grow, you know, and you're like, oh, my God. That's all part of the fall, amen? No, no, you were, you were created to live throughout eternity, amen, in your physical body upon the earth to be an eternal family of God, amen? So it says... He did what? He formed, now, he formed man of the dust of the ground. Now notice, and breathed. Everybody say breathed. Into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living what? Soul. So now you've got man created spirit, given a body, and placed in between the body and the spirit is what? The soul, which is the mind and the emotions and the will. And right there we see the total creation of mankind. And encompassed in Adam, now listen to me, encompassed in Adam was both male and female. Let me say that again. He didn't, God didn't come and create a woman out of dust, get some more dust. No, he took woman out of the side of man, which means equality. Now, let's, let's answer the woman question real quick because people are always, you know, women, they're, well, they're under our feet. No, 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 listen to me. He didn't take woman out of the bottom of the foot. 
Now listen to me very carefully. We'll teach on this later. This will help you, but this will give you, this will make all the ladies happy. Nowhere in the Bible does it state that all men are the head over all women. Nowhere in the Bible does it state that. Nowhere in the Bible does it state that men are, any, are in any way exalted over women. The only thing in the Bible that it says about men and women that in the household men have the authority. That's all it says. That's it. Everything else, there is total equality. You don't have to be a woman's liver. You don't have to be any of that. All you got to do is read the Bible. Jesus was the greatest women's liver there ever was. Amen? But there's nowhere in the Bible. You say, well, what about all that stuff Paul said about women should be quiet in the church? Well, you need to go study, number one, the culture of that day and who a lot of those women were. A lot of those women were being born again right out. A lot of them were prostitutes in the temple. They'd been abused. A lot of them were sold as slaves. A lot of them, they had, no, they had literally no type of, of, of character of any kind whatsoever. And because of that, there was a, for lack of a better phrase, I heard a preacher say it like this one time, for lack of a better phrase, he said they were kind of like wild animals. They were used for one thing. They were bought, they were sold, and they were used. Then they got saved. Amen. And they had to literally learn how to be a human being and how to be a believer. And so that was designed for people like that. That's why it was written like that in First and Second Corinthians. And we'll, we'll study that a little. Every one of these things are just fascinating to me. God formed man out of the dust of the ground. Breathed, now notice, breathed unto his nostrils the breath. Breathed and breath. Ruah is the Hebrew word. Everybody say ruah. Now, over in, over in uh, 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 Timothy 3.16... All scripture is given by inspiration. Everybody say inspiration. In the Greek, that word is breath. Pulled back into the Hebrew, it is the word ruah. The same word that God used for breathing into man and giving man life or mankind life, he used when it came to his word. All scripture is what? Just like, just like, just like God... Uh, Breathed into us life, he breathed into his word. What? Life. That's why Jesus said the words that I speak are spirit in their life. Now, one more point and then we'll go on. When Jesus was gathered with the disciples there in John chapter 20, and after he had appeared unto them and showed them that he was resurrected, the Bible says he breathed on them, same word, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. Now, this is the new birth. This is not the recreation of man. Amen. But the, but the return of the presence of the Spirit of God in man, which man lost in the garden. Now we'll see that. Keep that in mind. So it talks about how man, uh, God planted a garden, the beautiful garden of Eden, all the things that were there, the different rivers, the gold, and all that kind of stuff. Verse uh, uh, 16, And the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now that's a weird word to throw in there. So all of a sudden, a word gets imparted into humanity. The word is connected to choice. Choice is granted by God to humanity. Now listen, choice must have also been granted to the angelic realm. 
Satan, Lucifer became Satan by his choice. A third of the angels fell by their choice. So choice must be something unique to God that every time God reproduces in the spirit realm, he also adds choice to it. Choice is one of your most powerful tools. Did you realize that? So he said to humanity, he said, now listen. He said, I'm going to put some trees in the garden, some stuff in the garden. I'm going to place you in there. He said, you can eat of everything in the garden, all the trees, even the tree of life, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, do not eat it, for in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Well, you know, when Eve took of whatever, I know all the movies and everything, the books, they show it, it's an apple or, or whatever it is. I don't know what it was, but it was some type of fruit. And when she ate that, she did not fall over dead. God interacted with them, spoke to them. We see them in the Bible. The next three chapters are, uh, talk about who they are, talk about their children. Talk. So we know that the day they ate the fruit, their bodies did not cease to exist. So because of that, we determine that when it comes to the human family that's made in the likeness and image of God, death does not mean the cessation of life. Are you with me? You say, then what does it mean? Every time you read the word death and connected with the human family, it means separation. This is the first death. Everybody say first death. The first death is spiritual separation from God. Now what separated them? Knowledge. A knowledge that God did not want them to have. You say, now what is the knowledge of good and evil? Well, that's the same thing man's been eating on for 6,000 years. That's why man's in the shape that he is. Because he constantly feeds on the knowledge of good and evil. And because he is separated from God, what does he do? He always chooses evil. He always In some of the most benevolent endeavors, when you peel it all back and look at it at the surface, it's evil. All these types of things that people say they're doing for other people within the confines of fallen humanity, most of it's just intimidation, manipulation, and control. That's all it is. Nations being controlled by evil rulers. The whole world right now being uh, put in submission to a world system that's all evil. Well, pastor, I think there's some good in it. There's none. I can show you in the Word of God in Romans. says there is none that doeth good. No, not one. You say, why not? Because they're separated from God. And he said to him, the day you eat the fruit thereof, you shall surely die or your spirit shall be separated from me and you shall be a dead man or a dead woman walking on the earth. That's literally what you are. Now, Paul gives us insight through the Pauline epistles, the revelation. He said, I was alive unto God, then sin revived and I died. Now, we know that children born upon the earth, uh, there's always been the child question. Children born upon the earth are neither righteous nor unrighteous. Children born upon the earth are innocent. And because of their innocent, they're not under judgment. But sometime in a child's life, as a child grows and develops, he comes to the place of choice. A conscious, everybody say conscious, a conscious reality of a choice that needs to be made. That choice is always what? Right or wrong? And what does the child choose 100% of the time? He chooses wrong. Why? It's his nature. 
Now, you know that by Ephesians chapter 2. It says, we were all by nature children of wrath, even as others. You're helpless against it. It does not matter how much your human will can try to suppress it because the human will can suppress the fallen nature of man. You can be a good person. But people do not go to heaven or hell because they're bad or good. It's because they're either dead or alive. No dead people live in heaven. You say, what do you mean by that? No people who are separated from God have any entrance into heaven itself. The place of hell was created. Sheol or Hades was created for the original being that became separated from God and a third of the angels that fell with him. Amen? And because of that, God said after the fall of man, he had to do what? He had to expand hell because he knew a whole lot of people would choose to go there. Now, there's always this argument. Well, Pastor, what about people in Africa and down in the jungles of South America and they've never heard of God? The, the Bible says there is an element of righteousness in all men. That means mankind. That if they follow after that righteousness, they're going to find salvation. Salvation will come to them. Amen. Then the church is commissioned to do what? To go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So God, listen, God put the responsibility of the subduing of the earth where? gave it to us. And in redemption, Jesus reinforced that by giving us a commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, I just don't think that's fair. It may not be, but it is just. It is just. Amen? So in the day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. But I say, surely die. Then it talks about the creation of woman. The Lord God said, it's not good to man to be alone. I will make him a help meet. Everybody say, help meet. Now, that is literally the role of the woman and the man together is to work together. Everybody say work together. Now, this is the institution of marriage. The first divine institution that God placed upon the earth is marriage. And Satan has done everything he can do to attack marriage upon the earth. And today, you have to understand, if you are married, you are under an attack. The enemy will try to do everything he can do and he's very sly. He'll give you all kinds of excuses. He'll do all kinds of things to try to mess up that divine institution because even outside of Christianity, the divine institution of marriage is blessed by God. Amen. Satan hates marriage and he's done everything he can do to try to distort it, to try to make it something that it isn't. But the first reason that God created the woman was not to procreate, but was to give man a helpmeet. Amen? So that they could work together. So now you've got the two units of the man and the woman, two separate beings, but both human family. That's why you can literally say that the spirit man on the inside of you is unique to both the man and the woman. It is the spirit man. Woman is what? Womb man. The man with the womb. Amen? So he provided all of that, provided a way for man to procreate and set man into a beautiful, beautiful garden. Now, we know the story of the fall, Genesis chapter 3. The, 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 the enemy, Satan, began a process and it was a process that is unique to the world today because Satan is a dummy and has not changed any of his tactics. The first thing he does is what? He goes to the woman. You say, what do you mean by that? 
you study the rest of the scripture in chapter 2, you'll see that in the context of the household, God put the man over the woman. He carries the authority. In redemption, that authority is to be implemented in love. You take the element of the agape love out of a marriage, you got a mess. A lot, a lot of Christians end up divorced because they do not walk in love. But I guarantee you, if you walk in love, husbands, you walk in love towards your wife, wives, you walk in love towards your husbands, you will never end up in the divorce court. And now listen to me. Don't get mad at me. Every Christian divorce, the reason Christians divorce is they do not walk in love. Period. Period. No matter how they treat each other, no matter what they do, if you walk in love, you have a divorce-proof marriage. If you do not walk in love. Now, let me tell you why that's wrong. People say, well, it doesn't matter. I can get me one or two or three, however many. One day I'll find. No, no, let me tell you the problem with that. The number one area that married couples are called to walk in love in is between each other. Husbands, if you do not walk in love towards your wives, wives, if you do not walk in love towards your husbands, listen to me, your faith will not work, period. Will not work. You'll be subject to sickness, disease, poverty, lack, your mind twisted, messed up. You say, why? That's the way God designed it. That's the way God designed it. Not only did He design it for you to walk in love spiritually one toward another, but He gave you every tool and instrument you need to walk in love physically, to walk in love soulishly, to walk in love so that the entire spectrum of love and what it is can be connected into one in the unit of the wife and the husband. That's the way God designed humanity. And that was a great, great threat to Satan. So Satan came into this situation... He come, he come crawling into the situation and he began to what? He began to immediately usurp authority by not going to the man, but going to the woman. And how did it begin? Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. And the serpent that was more subtle than all the beasts of the field said unto the woman, Hath God said? An immediate challenge to the word of God. What word was he challenging? The word that says, if you eat of the fruit thereof, you shall surely die. Amen? So what does he do? What does Satan do? He engages the woman in a spiritual conversation. Now we're going we're gonna to do some marriage workshops this year and talk about this, but I'm just going to throw, throw it out there. If you get mad, well, praise God, go back and kick the wall or something. <laughs> Men, you have a spiritual responsibility towards your wives. Amen? You have a spiritual responsibility. If your wife carries the spiritual load of your household, you will soon crumble. You'll soon crumble. You say, why? She's not designed to do it. She's not designed to be the intercessor. She's not designed to be the prayer warrior. She's not designed to be the one that studies the Word of God. She's not. You are. You're the one designed to do that. And you are literally, literally commissioned by God to be the spiritual head of your house. Now, I'll say this next one. That might, I might have to hide behind here. I might throw something at me. Amen. Men's spirituality is reflected in the mental health of their wives. Amen. You know the number one trait of women 
married women that are locked up in mental institutions, you know the number one trait of those women, the, the identifying factor of most not most, but many. I think that the, the number is about 60% of women who are institutionalized in insane asylums in America. You know what that one trait is? They're Pentecostal. Yeah. You say, what do you mean? Well, you get all the women on fire for God and the men aren't. And a lot of the old traditional Pentecostal churches, you know, Especially back in the day, women stayed home, raised children, had time to themselves to pray and study the Word of God. Men went out and, and earned a living and, and lived like the devil and it destroyed their families. You can't usurp the laws of God. You can't do it. And you got to understand, in our marriage, I'm telling you, I, I probably hunt, fish, surf, hang out more than anybody in this whole room. But I still carry the spiritual load of our family. You can ask Leah. I'm the preeminent one in faith. I'm the one praying. I'm the one doing the covering of the Word of God. I'm the one, and I guarantee you, it's easy to keep Leah happy when I'm spiritual. You want to keep your wife happy? It doesn't, you may think it'd take a new car, a new house. No, you get spiritual because any man that correctly loves God, the woman will fall right in line under that, and all the children will be easy to raise. That's God's design. I said, it's God. How do we get off on that? Let me find a stopping place or I'll preach all night. Is this helping anybody? I tell you, the spiritual side of this is so much bigger than the soul and the flesh. Amen. Here comes this devil. Yea, hath God said. Now notice this. He challenged the word. You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the tree of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it. Now notice what the phrase is. Least you die. Is that what God said? That's not what God said. He did not say least. That's the Hebrew word which means maybe. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I don't know. I'm not sure. But God said you shall surely die. Which means absolutely without question you shall be separated from my presence. Now notice what happens. He says least you die. And the serpent said unto the woman. Now look at this. You shall not surely die. Now let me tell you what that is. The first time we see it in the whole Bible, that is a lie. That is a lie. The preeminent spiritual force of Satan in the heavenly realms in this earth right now, did you know what it is? It's a lie. It's lying. Let me ask you a question. You think everything you hear on TV is true? Everything you see on the internet is true? You turn on ABC, NBC, CNN, CSNBC, Fox, all these, you think they're just, that's just truth, just rolling out, just, you know, it's all true, it's all true, it's all true, it's all true. They don't even believe it. <laughs> this entire world system has fallen under the spirit of deception and lying. Prove positive the Word of God is true. It's flexing its muscle right now. How? Through absolute lies Built upon lies. Now here's the key. Lies built upon lies built upon lies, which is this. The ability of the enemy to so propagate untruth that people act on untruth as if they would truth. Amen. (laughs) 
I believe that there are good people out there trying to do good things to try to help people. But they get caught up in this system that's full of lies. Get caught up. I know that they're trying to fight this, this pandemic and they've got vaccines and they got masks and they got all that. I watched a deal today that said we're going to have to start wearing two masks. How many saw that? I saw another one said three and another one go home and put on four masks. Go home and put on three. Did anybody else hear that? I mean, I guess I expect us just to wrap our head in a plastic sack. <laughs> now, th- listen to me. This will be my last point. What are they suppressing? Your breath. Where is God? You take your breath away and you're dead. You're separated from your body. They're trying to suppress the very essence of God in humanity. The devil knows life is in the blood, life is in the breath, and God breathed into humanity. We're in the last of the last days. AIDS, acquired immune deficiency syndrome, AIDS, is a disease that goes into the human body. Now, Every human being upon the earth is, has the residue of God in them. You say, what do you mean by that? That you have an immune system. You cut your hand, your hand heals. That's, that's of God. God put that in the human body. Amen? Your, your body fights off diseases. Your fi- body, does, it has that immune system. Now here we are at the end of time and there is a disease that does what? Removes every effect of the immune system out of the body. Shows you how close we are to the end of this age. Amen? Where even the physical flesh is now succumbing to the, 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 the lies of the adversary to the point that the physical body, now there's a disease that can literally get on the inside of you and so destroy your immune system. And in mass, or if there's a lot of people, and they're in a, uh, there was a place, I believe it was in New Jersey back in the late 90s, and there were 16 or 18 men that developed tuberculosis in a prison up in New Jersey. And all of a sudden, that tuberculosis, because several of them were AIDS patients, exploded and it mutated into a super tuberculosis now that's loose on the earth that there is no treatment for. It hits you and you're dead in about two weeks. Makes COVID look like a mouse. You say why? Because it gets into the human body where there's no what? Restraint or resistance. Now let's carry that to the soul. There are men on the earth today. There are women on the earth today that there's no restraint to their soul. The Bible says God has given them over to a reprobate mind. That means their spirit man is separated from God. Their soul is so separated from God. Actually, one translation says this, void of any spiritual reasoning or human sense. What a day we're living in. But wait till we start studying what Jesus did for the human being and the human spirit. And what your spirit is. You get, listen, let me just say this to you in closing because it will give you some hope. you got a superman on the inside of you. I said, you got a superman on the inside of you. He just hadn't gotten a phone booth yet. <laughs> Amen? 
I said, even though Superman didn't get, he was still Superman. But one day he's going to get in the phone booth. Amen. And even your physical body is going to succumb to the spirit that's on the inside of you. Redemption's work is going to be completed. And you're going to step out of this death doom body and into an immortal body. Your body will be glorified. Amen. And that very same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will quicken you from your head to your toes. And even your soul will line up with the Word of God in knowledge and understanding and you will literally be a super being upon this planet. Amen. Design of God. Made in the likeness and image of God. Amen? Did that help you tonight? How many spirit beings we have here tonight? Amen? Lift your hands and worship God. Father, we worship you. Lord, we glorify your name tonight. Lord, help us as a church and as a people. For we know there's nothing we can do Nothing we can do. Evangelism, moves of God, outpourings of the Spirit, building a building. Nothing we can do by our flesh. Nothing we can do by our education or our mind. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by your Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. So I thank you tonight as we continue in this series that each and every person becomes very Spirit aware. Very Spirit aware. And begin to realize it's not that physical flesh they see in the mirror every day. It's not their natural thinking they have to deal with every day. But on the inside of them, that reality of conscience, that reality of life abides, will never be destroyed, lives forever, throughout eternity. But Father, you've redeemed us. You've redeemed us. We've been redeemed from the separation of the fall and we've been reunited with our Heavenly Father and our Creator. We thank you for that tonight. We thank you that because of that we are more than conquerors. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the earth. Thank you, Father. Now, Lord, as we leave tonight, Lord, we draw upon the breath of God released in Psalms 91. We declare no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. The angels of God have charge over us. Lord, as we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, there's any other way of travel or transportation. We thank you, Lord God, that we are protected. We are blessed. The righteous labor of our hands as we handle the resource that you've given us. We thank you, Father. No trauma, no terror, no evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We thank you, Lord God. Not even this COVID disease or any other plague of the devil comes nigh our dwelling place. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you also, Heavenly Father, that stirring on the inside of our spirit man is the fire of evangelism. Give us opportunities to speak your word. People are hurting. People are fearful. People are afraid. This whole system is shaking and crumbling. And I thank you that in the midst of it, there is a light that comes forth from us that can touch the hardest heart, can melt the wickedest soul, and cause each and every person to realize that there is a life available to every person in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, so much for who you are in our lives. You are our God, our Creator, our Redeemer, our soon-coming King. We thank you. We walk in faith and love towards you. We walk in love toward one another. We thank you that we're dismissed tonight. We rejoice that we are the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the Word, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.
Cheers.